we're in our final part of Jesus the Revolutionary. This week we're talking about mission accomplished. We're walking through the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is this great book. It's actually part two to a two-part book. The Gospel according to Luke is part one. And see, the book of Acts takes what happened in Jesus' ministry and takes it to the next step. It's, it's when the apostles, the disciples, take the message of Jesus out and go. The book begins with Jesus hanging out with his disciples after his resurrection. And his disciples ask him, hey Jesus, when are you going to set up our kingdom? <laughs> and Jesus kind of, uh, kind of says, no, 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 that's not how this is going to work. You see, you are going to set up my kingdom. You're going to start where you are in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go places you're not. Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And none of that, you're going to wait, and, and I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to guide you and give you power to take this message to the world. See, the book of Acts, I think, is kind of like something we have nowadays. We have uh, uh, travel blogs and travel vlogs and videos. You can go online and see all sorts of people that are that are traveling and talking about the, their adventures. They may go to fancy restaurants or fancy hotels, or maybe they're going to natural wonders or really rustic places. My wife and I, we've decided that our retirement gig, our dream job when we retire, is to drive all of the dirt roads in America for Google Maps, you know, the street view, so we can drive around and everybody can see every road that's in the middle of nowhere. That would be a blast. And then talk about our adventures. The Book of Acts is a travel blog. It is how the gospel begins in Jerusalem with the disciples and then moves out to the ends of the earth. Now what's interesting is, you see, the book of Acts takes place in a very specific time in human history. The expression, all roads lead to Rome, well, there's truth to that. You see, the first time in human history, when Jesus came on to this planet, there were roads everywhere. You could go almost anywhere. And that's exactly what God uses to spread his word. See, they started in Jerusalem and through decisions of their own, through strategy, and also through things that were outside of their control, persecution that scattered them and drove them out. The apostles, Peter, James, and then Stephen and Philip, and then eventually Paul, become these ambassadors that go out and go forth with the message of good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And he brings freedom to all people. And the beauty of Acts is it doesn't actually end. It really ends with, and we get to do it too. We, the church, the body of Christ, we get to take this message of Jesus out to our neighborhoods, to our cities, to the outskirts, and to the ends of the earth. And oh, what a joyous journey it is. glad you're here. And I'm Pastor Chris, and I get to uh, wrap up this message series that we've been on, Jesus the Revolutionary, and I'm super excited about it. That was a super fun video to make, too. I've never done one driving, I assure you. I didn't cause any accidents. It wasn't total distraction. I'm not sure how that works. You're not supposed to be on a phone, but it doesn't say anything about doing a video, so, eh, you know. <laughs> but it was, it was super fun. Uh, yeah, so we get to dive in today to our final 
part of a series, I want to first, though, start off by recapping kind of where we've been. This particular series has been super fun. I, I just love the concepts. I think that it has been something that if you really work through this, it is transformative in what it has to say to us. So Jesus the Revolutionary, that's been the series that we're on. We started off with, with the idea that, and, and we kind of walked through the, the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. So these five books that kind of take Jesus's ministry and the early church, and, and we've gotten a book survey of each one, and what's the theme about revolutionary that comes out of each one. So we had Jesus the King, we had the fact that the, the revolutionary idea that came out first was that we find out that Jesus is the actual king. Not a king that lives in, in a castle, in, in a building, on a hill. No, no, no. That Jesus is a king in your life, in your very being. And that his throne, it's you. That he sets up his kingdom within your very spirit. And that is amazing. That is transformative. We talked about how there is this idea that the good news is for all. See, up until this time, when Jesus comes, the people of God, the people that followed Yahweh, the Israelites, they believed that their good news was for them. It was kind of like, this is, we're, we're a special people. And they were right. Because God said, I have my hand on you. I'm going to use you to bless everyone. And they believed this. It was what kept them through generations and generations of persecution, of slavery, and, and being, being wandering. All these things happened, and it was because God had his hand. But then Jesus comes on and says, okay, yeah, but, but now it's for everybody. See, because I told you I was going to bless everybody, and, and this is how it's going to happen. It's through me. And this good news is for everybody, regardless of their, of their ethnicity, regardless of their country of origin, regardless of their gender, regardless of their socioeconomic status, it doesn't matter. This good news is for all. And that blew people's minds. It was amazing. We looked at Jesus as the supernatural street fighter, that we each are aware that there's a fight going on, that there are battles in our lives that are, that are both physical and supernatural. But Jesus takes on those for us. Not only does that, he takes on the enemy in a miraculously supernatural way through the cross and the resurrection. Jesus has this ability to fight the enemy in ways that we can't, and he does it for us and through us. We also learned that, that, G, that God is the author of life, that, that we all have this story that we're living now, and, and we sometimes try to write our own script and our own story, and we miss the fact that Jesus wants to revolutionize that and know that he's the author, and he's written himself into the story around us, that we see him in the very fabric of the world that he created. The word was God. The word was with God, and we see him everywhere. That's amazing. Well, this week, we're talking about Mission Possible. Now, I'll be honest. If I could go back, I would actually change it to Mission Accomplished. I would, because as, as I dive through this, I really am realizing, no, that's fall short, because I believe the mission is accomplished. It's accomplished through you and through me, that Jesus accomplishes the mission of the kingdom through us. That's what he's going to do, and that's what we're going to talk about 
a little bit more today. Let's do some foundational pieces. We're walking through the book of Acts. Uh, full confession, I've spent the last year in the book of Acts. Like God has actually put this book on my heart for some things, and I just—so I got a lot in my head, so, so put your seatbelt on. <laughs> so, that, so we're going to do that. But the book of Acts is amazing. As I said, it's this travel blog kind of thing. It's an account of the early church. It is kind of the—it's a historical document. It takes place over about 35 years of history. Now, that may seem like a lot or a little, depending on how you look at it. It may seem like a lot if you think about the book's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which really only cover about three and a half years of time, all, all things considered. So they cover that, basically. The book of Acts covers a little bit bigger. Now what it really covers, though, it covers a lifetime. It covers a generation of the first people who were following Jesus, the first of the church. That's what it is all about. That 35-year span, that, that lifetime where the church was spreading. Now, the mission is clear. It's to spread the good news. Gospel, good news. I'm going to use those two words, good news and gospel. They're interchangeable. We're going to unpackage that a little bit as well, how that works and what that means. The main characters in the book of Acts are the early apostles, Peter, James, John, Paul, Philip, Stephen, all these people. These were the early church Fathers, Priscilla, Aquila, all these people. There were these cast of characters that were commissioned to go and spread the gospel. That's who it was about. The book is an amazing book, and it kind of goes back and forth between moments where the gospel is being spread and also tells us how did the early church work and function and what did they do and what were the things that they were facing. It's amazing. So the book, in its essence, is about this idea of good news. Now, 2020. <laughs> Good news. They don't seem to go together, do they? <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, even though I just say news, I don't know about you, but it used to be that I leaned in like, oh, there's news. Now I'm going, now my stomach turns. I'm like, oh, what is it now? <laughs> you know, that's what we deal with in this current culture, that news is not something that makes us go, yay! It makes us go, oh no, now what? <laughs> but that's not the intention of it. Good news is something we each long for, that we want. I don't know if you caught this, uh, back at the beginning of kind of when, when things started to go into quarantine and such, there was this great thing online on social media that Jim, let me get his name, Krasinski, he's, or no, sorry, John Krasinski, his name on the show was Jim, Jim in the office. Uh, he did this thing called Some Good News, S-S-G-N, Some Good News. Go and check it out. They're awesome. Basically what he did was he recognized that we needed some good news. And he got people from all over the country and world to give him videos and little things. And all it was about was good news. It was how people were blessing their families, how people were doing these things, about, about our, our frontline workers, and all these stories. It is so, so cool. It just made you so warm to watch people doing these things. Uh, check it out. It had two and a half million subscribers like that, and each video has like 10 million views. It was something that people wanted, and he did it for about four months, and it was just amazing. We all are looking for good news. We want it. But for some reason, <laughs> it doesn't seem to sell as well as bad news in our current culture. But Jesus has good news that just far exceeds anything we could imagine. And that's what the book of Acts is about. The good news in reference to Scripture 
has connections to the root meaning a royal news, a royalness to this news, that there's this, this announcement of something that will be changing your experience. It's similar to now. We are all waiting for some news in about a month <laughs> that will change some things. And some of us are just looking forward to get done with it so we don't have to listen to the news anymore and we can move on. Now, news like that has an effect on our lives. It will. It'll affect some things. It'll affect some structures, some, some things, the ways that we live. Now, that is an external news that has effects on our external living. When we look to the book of Acts, and we look to what Jesus is announcing, what God does and proclaims, this good news is different. This is not good news that is an external thing about a kingdom and about a person that gets elected and about this or about these things. No, no, no. This news is one that has effect internally— and eternally. This news has an effect internally and eternally. And then it changes how we act as well. It changes our external as well, but it changes it from the inside out. Up until Jesus, all of these good news royal announcements, they were an external thing. They weren't at this level. See, this is a news that changes everything. Once you understand, once you hear the good news that we're talking about, and we're going to really dive into what that actually is in a second, it changes everything. One of my favorite shows uh, is The Greatest Showman, and there's this, this song in it where, where, where the lyrics go kind of like this. I'm not going to sing it for you because I love you, but I'm going to read a couple parts of it, okay? You're welcome. You're welcome, all right? It says, No more living in the shadows. Because once you see it, oh, you'll never be the same. Come alive, come alive. And the world becomes a fantasy, and you are more than you could ever be because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we know we can't go back again to the world that we were living in because we're dreaming with our eyes wide open. Come alive. Those words, that song, that, those lyrics— are a great image of what the gospel does. See, once you know it, once you hear it, it transforms you. It changes you. Now, if you've never had that experience, please stick with us and start leaning in right now to what this good news is. The book of Acts is a story about this good news spreading for the first time in human history. And oh, it is amazing. So what is the good news? What exactly is it? It's a royal announcement. So what, what, what are these things? Here's the problem with current culture. See, the good news is both simple and complex. It has these ways where it's summed up as simple as believe in Jesus and you will be saved. One sentence. And then there are other parts where it's unpackaged over the course of several pages in Scripture, like when Stephen walks through the Old Testament and the prophets and the kingdoms and all these things in creation. It does it, and then he leads people to Jesus through this thing. It, it has moments where Paul walks through the culture that he's in in, in Athens, and there's these gods that they're worshiping, and he says, oh, let me tell you about the one you don't know about. It's Jesus. There's all sorts of ways that the gospel can be communicated. One of the beauties is, is that it doesn't have to be. It's not just one thing. It's, there's a couple of ways. But but here are some components that are important for us to, to, to get in our head. It usually has these four zones. Creation, the, the good news, the gospel, lets us know that creation is, that, that there's a creator that created all. And he created us to be a blessing to him. And there's this creation that has peace and joy, and it's a gift, and it has life, and it's abundant. 
So this idea of creation. Then the next part of it is that there's a fall. <laughs> that, that we rebelled against that perfection and that, that place because we wanted ours. Adam and Eve, we find this story that we rebelled. We turned away from God's greatness and said, no, we want our own. We want our own kingdom. We want to put ourselves on that throne. We want to be the creator. We want to, we want to enjoy the created instead of the creator. And we rebelled. And we separated ourselves from God. And there's redemption. That in the person of Jesus Christ, God himself renewed the world and restored us to him. Restored us to him. Redemption is this grand narrative that is throughout scripture. That that is what God is working towards. And he does it through Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. See, that would be good enough. That'd actually be enough. Like, like, if you really want to be honest, that's good enough news right there. There's an idea of redemption. But no, God is so abundant and so good, he takes the next thing, restoration. The story doesn't end with redemption. It goes on to restoration, that God himself is going to restore us, restore his beloved in a way that we can't even imagine. And that restoration happens both now on the, and on the other side of eternity, that there is something beautiful about that. So the good news becomes the best news. The good news transforms us. That's what it does. The gospel transforms. Let's go back to uh, the good news in action. We're going to go back to Acts. We're going to pick it up uh, in verse 4 that we talked about a little bit in the video. I, I, I will tell you, this is the part I've been soaking in this passage for about a year now. It is the passage that, that has spurred me to know that, that I'm going to go launch a new service, a new campus out of Livestream to reach new people because I, I read this and it, it just wrecked me. And sometimes scripture does that. And I mean wrecked me in a good way. It didn't make me miserable. I mean it awoken something inside me that needed to be awoken. Here's how it goes. Once when he's eaten with them, he commanded them, don't, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends a gift. He promised, as I told you before. John the Baptist baptized you with water. In just a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So this takes place when Jesus is hanging out with the disciples and the apostles. There's actually more than just the 12. There's about 120 of them. And he's telling them this. And this is after his resurrection. There was about 40 days where Jesus kind of kept showing up and hanging out with them before his ascension. And he's telling them this. So verse 6, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. I love that kept word. <laughs> I like that. They were bugging him. They were annoying. They were being kind of bratty. They kept going, hey, 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 hey. And they kept doing that, and, and they were kind of getting on his nerves, I bet. <laughs> Lord, they asked this, when has the, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our— Now, if you have a Bible out, if you have a Bible— Go ahead and like circle. There's, we're going to be in the book of Acts, and I'd love for you to just underline some stuff or circle something. That, that whole kept and that our, our kingdom. That is a significant word. <laughs> it's the one that kind of wrecked me because I realized, isn't that what we do? We want Jesus to establish our kingdom. But Jesus turns it around. I'm going to give you a little bit of my paraphrase. He, he says, no, 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 no. That's not how this is going to work. <laughs> First of all, you don't even know what you're asking. And second of all, you're going to establish my kingdom. <laughs> you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and you're going to establish my kingdom. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. That's another great word right there. Telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, 
and to the ends of the earth. And then all of a sudden he was gone. Those are the last words that he says to his disciples. Those words are the last. It is the final commission to them and to us. Now, I'm not going to establish your kingdom. You're going to establish my kingdom. The Holy Spirit's going to do all the work. You're going to start where you are, and you're going to go places you're not. That's what it says. And I love it. It blew my mind. It's amazing then to go on. As we look through the book of Acts, what we find is there's, there's, a, there's 20, 28 chapters in the book of Acts, okay? There's at least 17 times, I've written in the margins, where the gospel is presented in a unique way. 17 times in 28 chapters where somebody presents it. Examples. So Peter addresses them in chapter 2, a large crowd. They begin to speak in many languages and people understand them. And the Holy Spirit just comes upon them in, in this miraculous way. And 3,000 people like that come to faith in Jesus. They begin following him as the Messiah. Peter does it again. He walks through the Old Testament with the, with the leaders of the religion and shows how the Old Testament and everything in it points towards Jesus. Stephen, who gets nominated and, and, and kind of tacked to, uh, to take care of people, to, to go feed people, to do these, these, the work, to move the chairs, <laughs> essentially. And all of a sudden, though, he starts preaching the gospel, and then he gets stoned, actually, to death. And he's the first martyr. Presents the gospel. Philip, who's much more quiet in his nature and is a servant heart, several times is preaching the gospel. And even one time on the side of, of a road, encounters this person reading the Bible and explains how that passage points to Jesus, presents the gospel. Over and over, Saul, who would become Paul, encounters Jesus on a road and it is transformed by the gospel, by the good news, and then begins to preach the very Jesus that he was persecuting people for following and even killing them. Transforms him. Over and over, this happens where the gospel transforms people. The gospel changes. We're going to look at Acts 16 real quick. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there that, that I'd love for you to, to just kind of follow along there. This is a great moment where the gospel is presented in a simple way and it shows how it transforms. So there's a great story. So they got in prison a lot. Like they're out there sharing the gospel and basically they wound up in jail for this message a lot. Something that we don't have to in, in our context and most of us, I don't know about online where, where exactly you might be, but most of us don't have to worry about that. We might get some, some, some social things, but we don't have to go to jail for it. But they went to jail a lot. So Paul and Silas were, were in jail, and they're praying and they're singing, which already we see the transformative nature of the gospel. They're in jail, and they're singing. They were probably annoying other people, but <laughs> they were doing it with the gospel, and it was amazing. So what happens is there's this earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. The doors fly open. The chains fall off them, okay? That's what happens. Now, the jailer, the guard— comes in, sees this, and gets a little bit freaked out, takes out his sword, and is about to kill himself. And Paul crawls out and says, no, 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 we're still here. Now just, we read through Scripture too fast. Just put yourself in these people's— think about the jailer and what he must be thinking. Are you guys nuts? What are you doing? Why are you still here? The doors are open. Now, it is interesting that they're there because there are other times in Scripture where Peter thinks he's in a dream and he walks out of a jail. There's other times where they're released from these situations and they're supposed to go. But this time, the Holy Spirit knew they were supposed to stay put even though the gates were open, the doors were open. And they stay put, they call out to him, and he's amazed. Now, there's a funny moment here. Um, he took out his sword to kill himself. And then he said, the jailer called for the lights to be on in the dun dungeon, you know, get the torches on. I don't know about you. 
I would have turned the lights on before I tried to kill myself, but that's just me. I just think the scripture is kind of funny in that way that, well, that's silly. Why didn't you turn them on first? But he didn't. So he turns them on, and then he says to them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He is the jailer, the guard. They are the prisoners, and he is requesting salvation from them because they have the good news of Jesus that would transform everyone in miraculous and supernatural ways. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they continued on. They, they, they shared the gospel with everyone in their household. This is just one example of how the gospel gets presented and shared. As we said, our theme today is mission possible. I believe it's mission accomplished through us. How can it be possible? How can this mission be possible? That's the question we have. Let's go through a couple ideas of how that can be. We need to know the story. We need to know the story so that we can share the good news. Now, I think a lot of us in this context, and me included, even the pastor feels this way, like, that makes me nervous. What do I got to know? What if I get it wrong? What if, what if, what if, what if I don't know all of it? I don't know, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, I'm not adequate. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not trained. I'm not, all these things start to come to mind. But here's the deal. The story of Jesus is the only story that really matters. And I know you're not alone because the reality is, is that the, sharing the gospel is both complex and simple. It's both of these things. But I wanted you to see that story where, where they just simply said, believe in Jesus and you will be saved. That's how simple it can be. You can have a story as simple as that. Here's what I want you to hear. I really want you to hear. There's, there's going to be two things today that I want you to hear. This is one of them. Don't let what you don't fully know about Jesus keep Jesus from being fully known. Let me say it again. Don't let what you don't know fully, don't know, sorry, what you don't know fully about Jesus from having Jesus fully known. It's okay. Remember back at the beginning? What did Jesus say to him? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will take care of this. You just gotta go. You start where you are, you go where you're not, and you tell them the good news. That's what you have to do. That's all you have to do. Now, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, I don't know where you're at, but you do get to learn more. Like, lean in. Study this. Read. You will discover amazing ways to know the story. This whole scripture tells the story that we get to live into, and it's not done yet. The next is we get to live the story. That we got to live the story. You don't have to be a Peter, a Paul, a James, a pastor, a missionary. You don't have to be that. No, no. See, God has a unique way with you. And here's the second thing that I really want you to know. The good news of the gospel will align your design with God's desire. The good news of the gospel will align your design with God's desire. That's what it will do. Please, if you only get one thing, just get that. <laughs> that that's what the good news is all about. It's about taking the way that you were created and aligning it with God's desire. 
Peter was ADHD. It was crazy. Paul was a persecutor. Priscilla, Aquila, they, they were good business people, but they didn't have the kingdom of God mindset. They, they're all through scripture. We see this over and over and over. When people allow God to take their design and put it in line with his desire, the world gets changed. The world is transformed. People's lives are renewed and restored. Redemption is found. The gospel is amazing in that way. Here's the other way we get to share our story. We get to share our story with others and in turn share the story of God. In Acts 22, Paul has this moment where he's with some people and he's getting ready to share the gospel. And what he does is, is really good. So if you want to know a way to do it, look at Acts 22 because Paul uses his story. He starts telling them about how he was a persecutor and he was, he was the best Jew in the world. He was so good. He goes on and on explaining who he was. And then he says, but then I was blinded. I had this experience. I saw Jesus and my life changed directions completely. And then he became this ambassador of the good news, of the gospel of Jesus that would just spread throughout the known world. And he tells that story about it. now. I don't know where your story is. Some, I think, say this. You, you may be in a camp where, yeah, I got a story like that. I was this, and then I, then I, I just walked away. I did these things. I was, th I was lost. I was whatever it was. And then, then I was found. You may have that. Some of you go a little bit like, oh, uh, my story's kind of boring. God likes boring stories. He, <laughs> he doesn't want you to live miserable lives and, and go through like seasons of sin and rebellion just so that you can know that he loves you. That is not the way it works. Like no, no parent sits there and says, well, I'm going to make my kids miserable and uh, be abusive so they have a better story. <laughs> That's not what you do as a good parent. No, so you may be sitting there saying, I was raised in this and I know this from, the, from early on. That is a great story. Share it. Share that good news. Because there's some people like me that didn't have that experience that I need to be reminded that that exists so that I can allow my children to have that experience and know that it will be good. Your story is beautiful because it ain't about you. <laughs> it's about God and what he's done for you and through you. Don't forget that. And don't worry about messing it up because the Holy Spirit has another way is to serve others. We live our, live our story out through serving others, through just using our giftedness to, to love on others. Remember it says uh, that we're witnesses, that word witnesses, not lawyers, witnesses. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, I believe there's some in the sound of my voice in this room, online, that are hearing this and saying, Chris, that's, that's interesting, but I don't have a story yet. I don't have to do whether it's interesting or boring. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that means. We're going to pause right now. I'm just going to pray. Take the step of faith. Lean in to this gospel and let it transform you. Would you just pray with me? Father God, there's, if there's anyone that right now needs to take a step of faith and to trust you completely, Lord, I pray right now your Holy Spirit comes upon them and they step into the truth of the gospel and it transforms them. In your name, amen. Let us know. Come and talk to us. Let us know on a welcome card. Reach out. Tell somebody that that's where you are and we can help you take the next steps together. There's a way that I'm really excited about that we as a church, Livestream, get to take this share the story thing 
corporately together. Uh, about a year ago, I felt called to, to take a step out of the comfort zone and to go plant a campus, a church service in the Three Mile Walker area of Three Mile Alpine area. And I'm excited that, that we're moving ahead. God has done so many amazing things. So this is one way that we get to do this. See, let's go back to the verse. Remember it says that you're supposed to start where you are, go where you're not. And then it gives examples. It says uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. We're going to come back to that one. Ends of the earth. There's four kinds of examples that it gives. Uh, Jerusalem is, is right where they were. It's, it's their hometown. It's their neighborhood. Their neighborhood. Uh, Judea, it's like, oh, that's just kind of across the street, across town. It's, it's a few minutes close by. It's, you know, we know them. They're, they're your neighbors in the other neighborhood, maybe, you know, that down the road. That, that's who that is. And then it talks about Samaria, which is the weird one in the bunch because nobody likes them. <laughs> that's a difficult place to go. The ends of the earth. Well, that one's actually pretty fun because you get to get on a plane or you get to go on a trip or you get to go, you know, there's a lot of that. This Samaria one is the interesting one. God put it on my heart that that's the one we need to be doing better. Isn't it interesting that, uh, that, that we would rather do hard things than slightly inconvenient things? <laughs> that's who we are, that, that, that we don't like that. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to launch 25, 30 minutes away. And what we're doing is we're making more room at the table. We're making more room for people to come to know this gospel in a transformative way. So here's some ways you can help us out. Pray for us. Pray for the leadership, for the team, for the launch team that, that's going to be going. Uh, be invitational partners. Maybe there's somebody you know in the greater Grand Rapids area, a family, a friend, a coworker, whatever, an old classmate, and you'd love to invite them to church, but you know that inviting them here might be hard because they live over there. And driving 35 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is, to church, not as, not as easy. Invite them there. Go with them a couple weeks. Get them, get, them, get them established and then come back. And there's going to be more details on when and where and all those things. Uh, be praying for our space. There's some challenges with COVID, finding the space to, to be in. We, we think we've got something coming down the pipe, but we're not sure. It's, there's a bit of, bit of challenges there. I believe God is working in it. Uh, we'd love to be at the Charter Academy on Three Mile. It's a school. It, it's great, and the, 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 there's some warmth to it. They're just trying to figure out some things and how that might work, so be praying that that happens. Eventually, we want to be in the Toys R Us building on Alpine. So if anybody in the sound of my voice wants to buy us that building, come talk to me. That'd be great. <laughs> so I, honestly, it's where God's put on my heart. Uh, if anybody's going to be a pastor in a toy store, it's this guy. So I think that's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to. So, so these are ways that we share the story. These are ways that we do this. And it's all about verse 8 in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We have this 2020 challenge. I, I gotta be honest, I love this. And, and I also, I'm just gonna tell you, we all should do this. There's not one person that can hear my voice right now that shouldn't text that number and say, yeah, I'll share my faith before the end of the year. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. You don't have to worry about it being successful. You got that, leave that to the Holy Spirit. But, but if you haven't done this yet, Why? Why? Why wouldn't you? What are the excuses? Make a list and then pray those excuses out and see how ridiculous they sound. Because <laughs> they do. Yeah, you're not good enough. Yeah, it's difficult. So what? <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the good news that transformed the world, that's what you get to share. Go for it. Do it. Final thought that I want to talk about this gospel message. When I say these words, 
I want you to feel your gut, okay? I'm going, to re- I'm going to say something, and I just want you to feel your response. Have you encountered the gospel in a way that transforms you? I think there's some of you that, that when you hear that, inside goes leaps and leans in. That's awesome. I want to talk to those of you that, that go, oof. I think there's a couple things going on. And if you're pulling away, here's what I think. I think there might be two things happening. One, you like your kingdom too much. You've become too comfortable with you being on the throne. And you may not think, oh, no, no, no. It's a small kingdom. (laughs) But you've been okay with that. I think that you've also become okay with good enough news and not the good news. You've settled. Oh, please hear this, that God has so much more for you. That God wants to take your design and align it with his desire so that you can live to the fullest of your ability. That you can use your uniqueness, the quirkinesses of who you are, to accomplish God's mission of the good news. I believe that deep within me. So if you pull away, that might be one of the reasons you're too comfortable with your kingdom. You might also have misunderstood the gospel. You might have heard it in ways that didn't, weren't quite right, and you think the gospel, the good news, is going to make you miserable. It's not. So wipe the slate clean. Dive into the word, have some conversations, and figure out what it really means. Don't let the people that may have messed up the message get in way of the message. Sometimes messengers were not very good, but the message is good. I believe that many people also don't realize they're lost. That some of us, we've gotten so comfortable with this and we've, we've done one of those two things and we don't even know that we're lost. We, we have no idea. So uh, speaking of Toys R Us, I was a little kid. I'm at Toys R Us, probably in the Star Wars aisle. <laughs> people come up to me and say, hey, little boy, you're lost, aren't you? Where's your? And I said, no, I'm not lost. I'm fine. <laughs> they said, well, where's your parents? Oh, yeah, they're lost. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they are. They're, they're lost. I don't know where they are. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> I was lost. <laughs> My parents weren't. I was like seven. <laughs> I didn't know where I was. I was just distracted by all the shiny things. If you're in that zone, guess what? You're lost. And the good news is seeking after to find you. And if you're found, the good news is seeking after people on your heart. Would you stand? We're going to pray, and we're going to close, and we're going to worship. Father God, we give you praise that we get to be a part of expressing the good news, that we get to be ambassadors of your good news, your royal announcement that the King of all has come, and that Jesus is bringing redemption and restoration to us all. And Father God, right now, I pray for those that are taking their first step. And I pray for those that know that they need to text a number and say, yeah, I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to do it before the end of this year. And Lord, I pray for those that know that they need to step into allowing their design to be aligned with your desire. In your name, amen.